Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Excuse me, Trail Mix Podcast. We're we've got we've got an interesting one tonight. We were we were just talking before we started the recording about what we're talking about tonight, and I'm like, ah, we gotta we gotta start the recording because uh, it, it's just it's it's too interesting of a topic. Once we get going, it's kind of hard to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and before you know it we're like oh that was really good we should have had that recorded so with all of that said i am philip the trail mix and you all know my co-host cohort and the best brother in christ a guy could ask for the navigator stephen white Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so Tonight, we are going to be <clears throat> talking um, uh, the the two instances and a potential third one that we've got to investigate a little bit, but we're going to investigate it tonight uh, of in the Bible that uh, of the, the times when God took quote unquote took somebody and that person did not die um the most of you are probably thinking elijah um elijah uh <laughs> and that is one of them the other one is enoch and the one we've got to investigate a little bit is uh i found a thing online that said melchizedek was another one that uh, did not die. That was that was taken uh, up to heaven by God. Um, and it's just a, a an interesting um, uh, uh, thing to think about. That like these guys were such had such a relationship with God that that God basically said, you know what? Uh these guys are not going to go through the 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 first death, you know, that um whatever that looks like, you know, they're not going to have to suffer through the 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 pains of death and whatever. I'm just going to I'm just going to reach down. I'm going to grab them and take them. Uh, and I don't know. Enoch really, really intrigues me because, um, and I wish I would have brought it down here with me. I don't know if you've ever, you've heard of the Apocrypha. I've heard of the, yeah, I've heard of that. And I've heard of, is it the Book of Enoch also? Yes. yes. Which is, is which is in the Apocrypha. Okay. So, so I've never read it. It's an interesting I've read. Okay. Uh, I've always been told to stay away from it, so I don't know. Well, you know, it it's all in. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna switch gears just a little bit here. So, as yeah. far as the Apocrypha goes, so the Apocrypha is. Um, I forget how many books it is, uh, but it's all of the, basically all of the men, all of the, uh, 
uh, all of the manuscripts that um, when oh and I just drew a complete blank the the group of people that got together and decided which books were canonized oh yeah okay yeah the apocrypha all of the books in there were in the list of books that were um looked at and those were the apocrypha books were the books that they put off to the side and said we're not going to canonize these um and there's i mean we could do a whole episode on just that because there's a lot of there's i mean you could you could i could come up with a lot of issues i have with that um however the 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 book of enoch is the one that really intrigues me because so either this is the only thing i can come up with um the only thing i can come up with that would eliminate the book of enoch is that it was not written by enoch okay because here you have this guy enoch uh he's what adam's great 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 grandkid that's not very many greats when you're talking biblical time and he had such a relationship with god he lived so um i don't know what you do so i don't know rightly so whatever you want to call it, that God, that he didn't die. God brought him, just took him up. And yet his book is not, was not canonized. So I don't know. That's just, that's just why uh, the Enoch thing, that side of it intrigues me a lot. Um, But just to go back to the Apocrypha really quick. If, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna read the apocrypha, it, it's just like okay, I, I describe it like this. So you read the Bible, and we base our lives on what we read in the Bible. Hmm. I read um I don't know, pick your book. Um we'll just say uh uh Lord of the Rings. I read Lord of the Rings. I don't base my life on what the book Lord of the Rings says. Right. So when I read the Apocrypha, I read it in the same way that I would read the Lord of the Rings. Uh, and I, th- I think, in my opinion, if you can keep that, um, that mentality where the Bible is your basis for life. This other stuff is just, you know, it's interesting to read, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings. It's a, it's an interesting book. It was, you know, just like all the books in the Apocrypha, they're, in, they're interesting reads. Uh, like the book of Enoch has a very different version of uh, Noah and the flood. 
Um, and that's where you find a lot of these uh, talking about the Nephilim. And um, I think the Watchers are mentioned in there too. Those are like uh, another, I think those are like the, the, the angels that came down and uh, took wives of human females. Those were, those were, those turned into the watchers that, you know, um, I don't know what the, I don't, I don't remember, but anyway, all of that to say, if you're going to read the Apocrypha, you have to read it in the right context. You know, it's not life giving. It's not, you know, something to base every, every decision of every day of your life on that's that's the Bible. That's scriptures. Um, so that's my, my, uh, little rant about, cause I hear that a lot that, Ooh, the Apocrypha, you got to stay away from that and you can't be reading that. And well, I mean, yeah. that, that may be true. If you're, if you're going to read it as scripture, then yeah, I would say, don't, don't read the Apocrypha. You know, yeah, really don't good. don't read anything. If you're gonna take it as scripture, don't read anything but the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So yeah, that's that's quite the yeah, you could yeah. I just pulled up what you were talking about, like um says uh yeah, it says what what is the book of Enoch and it gives a brief description. I'm like mm-hmm. That's in there. I was like, wow, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Okay, so we have... I guess, you know, we had to mention, since we mentioned Enoch, so... Because I was thinking of that when you mentioned Enoch earlier today, and I was like, hmm. But... Yeah. Yeah, because... Let's see, it was this one, I think. Okay, so I guess just to kind of start us out here, I'm going to go to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 5. Let's get back to the Bible. 20, what is it, 20? Genesis 5. Okay, so basically we'll start at 21, I guess, because that's where it first starts. Talking about what Enoch did. It says, uh, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Uh, Enoch Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Mm, That's pretty good. Like, I mean, you're you're talking, because this is, 
Oh, let's see if we get a, a timeline here. So, <clears throat> this is before the flood. Yeah. And, um, let's see. Where, let's see how far back do we got to go. We got to go. You you go you go back a long way. So Adam lived eight hundred. Uh, oh, nine hundred thirty years. Nine hundred thirty. You imagine living nine hundred thirty years? Yeah, I do. Jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> I think we add, add. I bet we can add this up real quick. So Adam was nine hundred thirty. I don't know. You'd have to get yeah, there's there's a whole lot of math there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now you got to make fact because the next one to factor in is Seth. Right. So you get a fact. Hey, Seth Anyways, was that's uh, way it's... Seth was 105 before he had Enosh, and Enosh was 90 before he fathered Kenan, and so there's a whole lot of math there, but. You can imagine yeah. this is a long time after the fall. Right, right, right. And so I I could I can imagine what the world is looking like at this point as far as yeah. sin in the world and you know the evil things that are going on. Uh, because chapter six, the t the heading for chapter six, right after it talks about uh, Noah having uh, Shem, Ham, and Jef uh, Japheth, then the heading of chapter six is increasing corruption on earth. Yeah, yeah. Mine says the wickedness and judgment of man. Right, right. <laughs> and so now you have Enoch that his is walking with God, walked with God, uh, walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years. And, you know, now that I'm, now that I say that, I don't think... Like, they didn't even... He did... It doesn't even say that about Adam. What? Well, the days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And he died. Does it? All these guys just died. Don't say anything about their walk. Right. And... I think the last, or the, the, I think the first time, does it actually say that, I guess? Talking about Adam walking with God in the garden? Before the fall? Um. Or is that just implied? Well, in, in uh, 
in chapter three, um, verse eight, or we go to verse nine. Then the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So obviously he knew God's voice. Right. Heard him come. You know what I mean? Uh, does it say they hung out before that? I don't know. I think, like you said, it was implied, probably. So anyway, that I mean, that really struck me too. That they it it says that he walked with God. And not only that, but he's walking with God at, um, to this point, the most evil point in history. Yeah. Um. That's a heavy statement you just made. The most evil point in history. Like as bad as things are now, they were way worse then. Apparently. I I kind of think I kind of wonder that because the the Holy Spirit wasn't on earth then. There was no Holy Spirit then. You know. Right. So like he's he's walking with God. He like he was hanging out with God, probably. He not walk with God. Huh? Sorry, I didn't mean to take weird. No, no, that's, that's that's fine. Um. Yeah, because I I think you know the the argument could be made that it's that it's worse now than what it was then, but mm. I mean ultimately I'm not going to prove that I'm right just as much as they're not going to prove that they're right. You know, it doesn't say anything other than you get to oh come on now. You know, you get to uh, to the flood, and where is it? And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. All flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So that include animals. Uh, Where are you? What chapter? Uh, that is chapter six. Chapter, chapter six. Chapter six. Uh, basically starting at eleven. Oh, eleven. Yeah. And actually, just before that, it says that Noah walked with God. In verse nine. Yeah, it says, uh, Noah was a just man, perfect in his gener generations. Noah walked with God. Oh.
Oh, all flesh. It says in the footnotes, uh, yeah, all flesh is all flesh. That's what it says. Enoch and who's the other? Or is it Elijah? Second mm-hmm. Kings two eleven. I'm gonna cruise on over there. Second Kings, where are you? Where's Kings? Two eleven. Gotta love the Bibles. I'm talking with you with the two eleven. <laughs> and five in Second Kings five four or uh, chapter four. There's the title Elijah purifies the pot of stew. Well, oh, I hate stew. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so did Elijah. That's why it's, that's why it needed purifying. <laughs> yeah, maybe purify that stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah, here's the whole. There's there's quite an ordeal about Elijah ascending into heaven. Mm-hmm. But like Enoch, where he just like boop, he gone. I wonder how, what everybody else thought of that when he just like, you know, like, where'd he go? Yeah. What's up? Anybody seen that guy? Yeah. Well, he was just, <laughs> he was just standing right. I was just talking to him. <laughs> I hear that. I mean, he's 969 years old. Oh, wait, that's Methuselah. My bad. I got way ahead of myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mole Methuselah. Uh, he was a he's an old codger there. Three hundred. I mean, a guy who's three hundred sixty-five years old. Where, I mean, you think of a guy like in our time frame, three hundred. You think a person who's like a hundred years old. Yeah. Like they're really not that. But like, I I think the atmosphere was probably way different back then. Wow. Well, yeah. Prior to, I, yep. It never rained before until. God, let it rain. And uh, so, uh, I mean, the guy's 365 years old. That's probably like prime. He's like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't mess with this, buddy. Mess you up. Cool. Just took him. Where'd he go? God took him. says down here in the footnotes, Enoch's remarkable experience was both a testimony of his deep faith in God and a strong reminder that the beginning of biblical history, that there is life in God's presence after death for the people of God. Hmm. 
Man, Elijah. How would you like to be the guy that was with Elijah? <laughs> it's a tongue twister because there's Elijah and Elijah. Right. They're hanging out. I hope they didn't look the same. Talk about confusing. That's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah, I was, they, 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 they caught it. I was looking. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so. I still have to say that sometimes when I, when I speak. I'm like, that was, that yeah, that was a out. joke, guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a. Ooh, I like this. He's yelling at somebody right here. He's like, yes, I know. Keep silent. <laughs> Part of verse five. I wonder how many times I say to my kids a day. Right? I know. It's in the Bible. Quiet. <laughs> right. I know. Keep silent. Oh, it says a number of times. Oh, man. There's some wild stuff on this page. I'm just kind of like eyeballing, and I'm just like, there's some, oh my goodness. Good night. Huh. I think we should have a podcast some night. It's just like all the crazy things that are said in the Bible. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's, somebody's yelling over here on this other page. It says, go up, you bald head. <laughs> That's uh, that was part of Elisha performs miracles. I'm not sure who Elisha's yelling at, but uh, yeah. Well, maybe it's the kids. Oh, I wonder if this. Is, oh, it's okay. It's the kids yelling at Elisha. Those the two bears come down and eat all the kids. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. So messed up. <laughs> oh, lovely Bible. <clears throat> All right. I'm trying to find where the uh, called up. A lot of sarcasm right here. Yeah, between Elijah and Elijah, there's a little between the two of them. Kind of mouthy. <laughs> I guess in a good way, though. You guys don't pull no punches. Should we uh, just read it? Or are you digging for something over there? No, by all means. By all means, I, I was actually just doing that. So, <laughs> like, I was like, I think he's reading himself. It's like, you, get, you get caught up in it, and you just can't stop. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> not read the whole two pages, everybody. <clears throat> so Elijah, it's told, titled "Elijah Ascends to Heaven," Second Kings, 
chapter two. We're just going to go until he gets called up. It's only 18 verses. It came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went to went with Elisha from Gilgag. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And he's yelling. It was an exclamation point anyways. <clears throat> he's fired up. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? Um, and he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me uh, to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today. So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. I'm, it sounds like a conversation I would have with my youngest son, Everest, just, just stay right there. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but he said, as the Lord lives... And as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets who were, let me start there. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. While the two of them stood by Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. There's that dry ground thing again. Mm -hmm. Sound familiar? So, and so it was. And when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask. What may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it appeared... Then it appeared, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. 
And Elisha saw and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop right there. There's just a couple more verses, but yeah. So, like, everybody knew he was going to go. I don't know if anybody else, it doesn't say that anybody else knew that Enoch was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. What is the mantle that he keeps talking about? Well, my, my version says cloak. Cloak. Right. Oh, curious. Where's the first? So it's just cloak. Yeah. Huh. Is that ESV? Uh, yes. All right, I'm going to take the ESV. Oh, it's one of the cool things, I guess, of trying to find the longer, I don't know if I'm just older, but like, Lots of times I'm just sick of this phone and all the hoopla and stuff. But like, <laughs> it is pretty handy if you always want to like switch Bible versions pretty quick. So, yes. But yeah, I just there's days I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. Throw that thing in the river. Let the fish use it. <laughs> Verse eight. Yeah. Then Elijah took up his cloak, took his cloak, and rolled it up and struck the water. Was he like carrying it? A cloak. So like, would it be like his coat? He had like a coat on. It, it must have been. And like I, I don't know. Yeah, a, yeah. Maybe. Because uh, um, yours, what does yours say? Um, the mantle. Uh, the new, yeah, new King James says mantle. ESV says cloak. So All right. Maybe, now, maybe his uh, his cloak or whatever you want to call it had some sort of markings on it that distinguished 
you know, the he was Elijah. Yeah. You know, because he was, I mean, Elijah, he was, um, how can I say this? Um, as far as, um, as far as prophets go, he was, he was big and bad. You know, he was like, <laughs> I'll tat it up. He's like, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Keep uh, silent. <laughs> Well, uh, because I think we we didn't we uh, talk about um, wasn't it? It was him that battled the uh, of like five hundred prophets of Baal with the fire yeah. and the water and the soaking the yeah. And they then they obviously they lost. They remember they, they took them all down to the valley. And... Yeah. Yep. On, on Elijah's order, you know, yeah. so he, I mean, I have to imagine that he had some sort of like, I don't know, like, uh, like a coat of arms kind of thing, Maybe. you know, I, I don't know what it would have actually looked like, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Well, I hear it's probably like the guy, like when he showed up, I was like, Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do you know. Going to the valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a cloak. So, like, I punched in. What is a cloak? And it came up. That's so. Talk about not liking the phone because I'm pretty sure you know your your phone listens to you. It has to because I I punched in. I punched in. What is a cloak? And it came up. What is a cloak in the Bible? I'm like, all right, that's. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. So it says a cloak in biblical terms. A cloak, a long, heavy, robe-like coat, was an Old Testament symbol of authority. So yeah, Elijah was the baddest of the bad, apparently. Not like bad, bad, like good, bad. Yeah. <laughs> we just had somebody out there going, wait a minute. I thought he was a good guy. Like, he is a good guy. Wait a minute. He is a good guy. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But it apparently doesn't have sleeves. But without sleeves, Isaiah fifty nine seventeen. So we got a biblical definition. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So yeah, he must 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 have just been like you know, maybe it was cool weather out. He's just like carrying it in case he got cold or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyways, he rolled it up and split the water. Huh. Oh, here's one. What were cloaks used for in the Bible? Oh, what is the significance of Elijah's cloak? All right, this phone's freaking me out. All right. Oh, perfect. Check this out. The passing of the mantle from Elijah to Elisha, a.k.a. the cloak, symbolized the passing of prophetic authority to Elijah. 
Oh. In modern times, we sometimes speak of the mantle of authority that the prophet receives when he is ordained and set apart. Okay, okay, now we got it. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah, all the wheels just clicked. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I love it. Nice. I think when I started talking about pizza, Domino's will show up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's cool. I like that. I like biblical knowledge. So, yeah. Well, then that's good, obviously, that he saw Elijah depart because he asked, you know, So that's cool. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Verse 15. Now this is all starting to come together. Now we have some definitions of words we were wondering about. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Hmm. And then they said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. Please let us go and search for your master. Thus perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up. And he cast them upon some mountain or into some valley. <clears throat> and he said, you shall not send anyone. But when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send them. Therefore, they sent 50 men. And they searched for three days, but did not find him. Well, that's funny. Three days and couldn't find a body, huh? Hmm. That sounds like another reference. And when they came back to him, for he had stayed in Jericho, he said to them, Did I not say to you, don't go? So, that sounds like right there. So, there's a lot in there, in that little section there. Just, uh, they pushed him to the limit. He's like, fine, go, go look for him. You know, mm-hmm. three days later, they come back, they couldn't find anybody. I told you. Nobody listens around here. Great. Yeah, and for those of you that say that, that uh, Jesus doesn't show up until the uh, New Testament, there's a reference, there's, there's a good picture right there. That's... Yeah, definitely. Yep. Survey says. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love it. I love how, you know, I'll never get over it. Like, Scripture just backs up Scripture, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. So, I was, cool. I was at this, uh, um, uh, I think you heard of it, Got Questions. Got Questions, I think. It's got Questions. Got Questions. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's 
gotquestions.org. Oh, gotquestions.org. And there, it's it's all biblical stuff. You can ask them, you ask them whatever. Um, and I mean, they they do a fairly good job. Um, yeah, it's not like it's a good starting place. If you yeah. if you've got like some if you're really wrestling with a, a, a question or something, um, you don't understand something in in the Bible. It's a good starting place. Um, so this was the the question is why did God take Enoch and Elijah to heaven without them dying? And so, I we've we've kind of went over a lot of these like every all these verses that we've started out with are all right here. Oh sure. Uh, five twenty four, Genesis five twenty four, Second Kings two eleven, uh, Genesis five twenty two and twenty three. Um, this one talks about um, that. Um, so it's a, Elijah was perhaps the most powerful of God's prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, there are also prophecies of Elijah's re- Elijah's return. In Malachi four, five, and six. Um, and then this part here was interesting for me, like, because you you talk about these kind of things, and you have to ask yourself, well, why? Well, why, why did God take Enoch and Elijah? And so, their answer to that is, I mean, it's. It's a good answer. The Bible, the Bible does not specifically give us the answer. <laughs> um, some speculate that they were taken in preparation for a role in the end times, possibly as the two witnesses in Revelation 11, 13, or excuse me, Revelation 11, 3 through 12. Uh, oh, yeah. I, so, more, I, that thought crossed my mind. Right. Don't those guys die? Uh they if yeah. I remember right, the the Antichrist tries to I don't know. I because there's so much of I haven't read that in a long time. What was the reference in Revelation? Uh, Revelation eleven right. three through twelve. Um, I'm going to look at that. Okay. Uh, while you're getting that, I'll finish reading what their answer is here quick. Uh, it says, this is possible, but not explicitly taught in the Bible. It may be that God desired to save Enoch and Elijah from experience, experiencing death to uh, due to their great faithfulness in serving and obeying him. And I love this. I love this ending to this answer because it's absolutely perfect, and it is the uh, ultimate answer to pretty much any kind of question you can come up with. Uh, whatever the case, God has His purpose, and while we don't always understand God's plans, plans and purposes, 
we know that his way is perfect. End of answer. Yeah. <laughs> End of answer. Mic drop. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, this is just speculation. And it's not... I'm just trying to clarify everything here. I guess it would just be a thought because of what you said. It could be possibly the two witnesses in the end time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does say uh, <clears throat> the two witnesses get, are killed after 42 months. <coughs> and then here's the kicker part. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But after uh, three and a half days, they're resurrected by God. Huh. Anyways, just a thought. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Huh. Hey. Revelations. You want to talk about crazy? That's crazy. There's some wild stuff in there that you almost can't even comprehend. Right. What? It's almost difficult. They're very relatively difficult. I guess you have to be like extremely focused to just be like like our goal tonight was just like let's talk about people who didn't die that God came and actually scooped up. And we were like so we've had uh, references to <coughs> um, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. On dry ground, we've had references to um, looking for a body for three days and not find anymore. Um, AKA Jesus, Jesus' death. Um, yeah. And then we kind of we we kind of went down a couple side streets on a few things, so <laughs> <clears throat> driving around the neighborhood checking it out. <laughs> but yeah, two guys. Now you were you speculated on Melchizedek earlier. What do you think about that guy? And before you answer that, I'm going to add one more thing to that. Mm-hmm. I've been in several sermons where 
it talks about him like he has a dick. And like nobody really knows who he is. You can't like just put your thumb on the guy. Right. Yeah, I was actually just reading about him <clears throat> right now. He, doesn't, he kind of doesn't have a start or an ending or a mother or a father, blah, blah, blah. I should yes. say blah, blah, blah. I've gotten in this habit of saying that. I've got to like, I don't know. I need to get a soundboard. So I like when we're looking for something, I like the Jeopardy thing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> be great to have sound. Sorry. All right. Oh, yeah, here it is. Hebrew 7 3. Yes. Just I'm going that direction. Found it? Yep. Yes. Uh, Hebrew 7 is uh, the my. I don't know what you want to call it, title, heading, whatever. The Priestly Order yeah. of Melchizedek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to this thing. 7-3? Uh, 7-3, yeah. So mine says, so you're chapter 7 in Hebrews? Yeah. Why says the king of righteousness? Yeah, um, he is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. Yeah. Uh, that must be the, the translation of Melchizedek. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continuous, continually. Yeah, that, well, who, of that guy is an interesting dude. Who is this dude? Yeah, because the, the next... Anybody. Uh, right above 11 in my Bible that says Jesus compared to Melchizedek. So that goes back to what you just read, you know, but resembling the Son of God. And, yeah. Uh, so starting at 11, now if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, uh, for under it the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? rather than one named after the order of Aaron. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belonged to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord has, was descended from Judah and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. I could keep reading, but um, I I'm this like we could do like probably an entire month worth of podcasts on just Melchizedek alone for all the information yeah. that <clears throat> isn't there, and 
I'm I'm definitely going to do a little bit more uh, excuse me digging on this guy because uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, any time that the Bible is talking about a dude other than Jesus and says he is resembling the Son of God, yeah, that piques my interest a lot. Like, yeah, it does. It almost sounds like it's like a covert, some sort of covert, right? Name or something else. I don't know. That's just. Maybe covert wasn't the correct term, but it's a bit mysterious, if you will. It is, yes, yes. What? And that's in the New Testament. Yeah. And then Hebrews, which is, I don't think any, there's always, Hebrews is kind of like, there's a lot of, regulation of like who actually wrote it and when right. it was written yeah you know because i'm right here in the front of it like in my bible there's a it gives you a synopsis if you will of each book of the bible um right off the bat it says no one knows for sure who wrote hebrews no one knows in the early church who would say with certainty 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 man i can't even say that word that they knew uh, yeah Nobody knows who wrote it. And then on top of that, there's a guy in here that's mentioned throughout the Bible uh, that no one knows really who he is or where he came from or where he's headed. So it's a bit enigmatic. Is that a, is that a good word? Yes, it is. Very, very good word. <laughs> I like saying that word. Hold it off. Uh, yeah. Melchizedek. I've heard all, almost, yeah, a lot of people talk about Melchizedek. No one can really pin it down. Hmm. Interesting. So we know for sure Enoch and Elijah got scooped up. This guy, he just, uh, I mean, he has no beginning and no end. You know anybody like that? Yeah, yeah. Who is this guy? Who is this dude, as you put earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'll read just this little bit here that uh, yeah. in my in my footnotes. Oh sure. Uh, from Genesis fourteen eighteen, because uh, that's when Melchizedek blesses Abram, and then this is when he just kind of like comes out of nowhere, like, yeah, here I am, have a blessing, bye. See <laughs> work. So it says uh, Melchizedek, which means king of righteousness generously provides a meal for the returning victors. Uh, Salem is possibly a shortened version of Jerusalem and is related to Shalom, Hmm. the Hebrew word for peace. 
Um, he he was priest of God Most High. <clears throat> Although very little is known about Melchizedek, he provides an interesting example of a priest king linked to Jerusalem. There appears to have been expectation that later kings of Jerusalem should resemble him. Um, and it has a reference there. I'll go back to that. Uh, the book of Hebrews presents uh, presents Jesus Christ from the royal line of David as belonging to the order of Melchizedek, and therefore superior to Levitical priests. Uh, God Most High in Hebrew in Hebrew is El Elyon. El is a common submit. If I can read. Semitic term for God. Uh, this is added to the ap the attribute Elion, meaning most high. Elsewhere in Genesis, other attributes are added to El. Uh, I feel like it's kind of transitioned to something different. Then <clears throat> it starts talking about Melchizedek's blessing attributes Abraham Abram's victory to the power of God by giving Melchizedek a tenth of everything, which is interesting. Yeah. What do they, what do they say is a tithe? A tenth? Uh, Abram affirms the truthfulness of Melchizedek's words, possessor of heaven and earth. Although God has created the whole earth to be his temple, Genesis reveals that reveals that God's ownership of the earth is rejected by those who do not obey him in this in light of this Melchizedek's acknowledgement of God's authority over the earth is noteworthy yeah I would say <laughs> yeah I don't know. That's a that's an interesting one that I think way smarter men than me can spend their entire lives messing with and potentially never come up with an answer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's, uh, how it parallels Jesus is very interesting. Yes. And you you talk, you know you you talking about the word L. So it made me think of Yahweh, which made me think of uh, a thing I saw, I don't know, a month or so ago. We're talking, I told another side street here. Um, the uh, word Yahweh. Uh, it said originally, save the video, um, that the in the original text, there were no vowels. Yeah. So it was just letters, which is basically like, so those consonants, if you will, to try to say them, say them was essentially like a breath, like yes. the sound of you breathing. Yeah. Which kind of gave me it still does. So like, every time you breathe, because God breathed life into Adam, literally, 
So like every time you breathe in and out, are you saying God's name unknowingly? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I saw that same video. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <clears throat> yep. It's gotta be true, don't you think? I mean, just kind of. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's certain to think about. Like you're unknowingly saying the God God's name just by the physical act of breathing in and out. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost uncon. You almost can't comprehend that. Right. It's almost. I don't know, this may be, I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but it's, it's kind of comical for like, I think of like, I immediately thought of like atheists, people don't believe in God. <laughs> um, you're saying his name. This is true. You're saying God's name all day long. You don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. How many times do you take a breath in a day, in an hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <a> good one. <laughs> <laughs> shouting <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man there's a, there's a lot of, there's never any simple there's no i mean the bible's the bible's simple and complex at the same time does that make sense yep it's almost like you can't, like, I guess all you think was like kids, like children's church or whatever, like, or you have your, your kids' stories out of the Bible, if you will, quote unquote, kids' stories. Like, or you got, like, you know, David and Goliath and the flood or, you know, Noah's Ark or, um, you know, whatever, whatever story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really watered down. There's not a lot of context to it. Key point. There's like you one or two highlights that the kids will remember. But and we all grew up with them. But like, man, you crack this book open and start reading it, you're like, "Whoa, there's a reference to Jesus. Whoa, there's a reference to that. Whoa, there's a reference to this. Whoa, that happened. I didn't even know that was in there. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, I love it. We get goosebumps right now. <laughs> Anyways, so. So there it is. I mean, you can't get away from just telling like a simple story out of the Bible. It has some, it's connected some way. It's all connected. Yes. Yes. Yep. And as yep. obscure and mysterious as Melchizedek is, there is mm. a, a, um, there is a definite purpose for him being in there. And, um, just because we don't know what it is doesn't that's kind of irrelevant to me but um yeah i mean because we've talked just tonight alone we've talked about a lot of different things yeah i mean we we started out kind of talking about like the apocrypha 